Acts chapter number 6 tonight, the book of Acts chapter number 6, and uh, for our text this evening, we're going to read the first four verses, a uh, fairly familiar passage of scripture, and uh, uh, last year, if you remember, we preached, uh, I think I preached, is over 80 messages from the book of Acts, and uh, I, I, have a, I have even found the ability to bring one more, even after bringing 80 last year, and so I will look at the book of Acts chapter number 6, and I'll read the first four verses tonight and uh, see what the Lord has for us from this passage of Scripture. It's been a great day already, uh, great service this morning, and already enjoyed uh, the music and hearing from our missionary tonight, uh, but let's look what the Word of God has for us. Acts chapter number 6, verse 1, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is an important passage of scripture because uh, it sets several principles for the local church. Uh, we find the first deacons uh, in uh, Acts chapter number 6. And they, they, we find their, the description of what they're supposed to do, to do. Their responsibility is to assist the pastor in caring for the people. Uh, don't worry, don't get nervous. This isn't a message on the deacons tonight. So, uh, But that's what they're supposed to do because the focus for the, the pastor is the Word of God, is to spend time in prayer in the Word of God. But I want us to notice something in verse number 3 that uh, certainly the Scripture applies to these men that are chosen. And let me just, it's not the message tonight, but let me just say I'm thankful for the men who do serve with me uh, in that capacity. They are good men and they are, uh, they do assist me and it gives me great confidence. Uh, it gives me great security to know that if I have a need, I can call on them and they do whatever is necessary to help uh, in that situation. But look in verse number three. Uh, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, Notice the next phrase, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. I want us to focus on that phrase, full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. And that tonight uh, is my message as well, full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the, being full of the Holy Ghost is not what some religions will tell you it is. Uh, it is much, much different than that. I want us for a few moments to put our focus on that. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. As we look at this passage of Scripture, may this practical, practical message uh, be a life-changing one, though. May we be reminded of something that is very, very important in the life of the Christian and how it is attainable uh, in the life of the Christian. Uh, may, you, uh, be, may, we, may you be honored tonight, and may uh, we as Christians evaluate our lives. May we be uh, honest with ourselves and honest before you, and whatever things need to be adjusted tonight, may we do so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Often Christians speak of the Holy Ghost uh, in, in ways that just are not scriptural. Uh, often some will apply being full of the Holy Ghost to something that has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost of, at all. But the Holy Ghost of God is, a, is real. Uh, the Holy Ghost of God is just as much God as God the Father is. He's just as much God as God the Son is. And I so enjoyed this morning preaching on the fact that Christ died for us. And God the Son, the God-man, died for you and I. 
But God the Son also told His disciples that when He left, He would leave another. Isn't it wonderful that God never leaves us without His presence? God always has His people in a position for His presence to be felt. And such is the case with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is, 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 is preaching and teaching on, and I'm certain is not enough that we need to do, but tonight I want to be very practical in this, but I believe it will be very helpful in this. We find in this passage of Scripture there is the church was growing in such a capacity uh, that the, the apostles, those that were pastoring them, needed help. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, we read uh, that they said, choose some among you to help us in the day-to-day business, in the day-to-day caring for the people. Of course, their priority and the priority of the pastor is the study of the Word of God, is to spend time in prayer. That does not mean that they never deal with the people, and, and I don't understand that. I, I wouldn't want a pastor if I, could, if I never got to interact with you. And now, a couple of you may make me change my mind on that, but uh, this was the case. They needed some assistance, and so the requirements were set. And we read more about those requirements in the book of 1 Timothy. But we find here it is said, men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Full of the Holy Ghost. The leadership of the church are to be spirit-filled individuals. They are to be filled with the Spirit of God. Carnality has no place in a pulpit. Carnality has no place in leadership. And that's why if you're going to serve in leadership at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, you must be a spiritual person. And say a perfect person, but you need to be a spiritual person. You need to be somebody who is concerned with following the Word of God, somebody who is concerned with being filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, We look at this requirement, if you will, and I'll just be very practical and get into the message. We're running out of time very quickly this evening, Uh, but... In, in, in my study of the Word of God, and yet in, my, in, in a practical sense, in, in the life that I've lived, in the experience that I have, there's some things I know to be true. Uh, one of those is that you cannot be full of the Spirit of God if you're full of yourself. You cannot be full of the Spirit of God if you're full of yourself. If it's all about you, you cannot be full of the Spirit of God. See, we as Christians, we, 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 we give away so much in our life. We say, well, how does, how does the pastor know? How do these people know? It, it's the way we live. If you're full of yourself, you can't be full of the Spirit of God. And likewise, if you have the filling of the Spirit, you're not full of yourself. You cannot be selfish and filled with the Spirit of God. That's why, Christian, that's why, church member, let me help you. Let me help you tonight. If it's all about you, the Holy Spirit's not in control of that. If it's all about your feelings, the Holy Spirit's not in control of that. This is something I know to be true. You cannot be full of yourself and be filled with the Spirit of God. Are we doing okay tonight? You cannot also, I know this to be true, you cannot be full of sin, and be filled with the Spirit of God. I didn't say you couldn't be a sinner, because we're all sinners. But you can't give yourself to sin and be less concerned about serving God and more concerned about sin and have the Spirit of God filling in your life. You can't do it. Likewise, you can't be filled with the Spirit of God and be full of sin. A third thing I know to be true tonight. You cannot be filled with the Spirit of God 
and be filled with the ways of this world. Uh, too many Christians know more about the philosophy of this world than they know about the philosophy of God. Too many Christians, and I'm not against sports, can give you more statistics than they can cite the books of the Bible. It should not be so. Uh, more, more Christians can tell you what's going on, playing in, in, in what, what movies are showing in the theater down the road than they can what is going on on the pages of Scripture. You can't be filled with the philosophy of this world and be filled with the Spirit of God. And we as Christians are supposed to yield to the Spirit of God. I believe it's true, and you'll find it on the pages of Scripture. And so many times Christians are, 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 are quick to point it out, and rightfully so. But the, if you're going to pastor, and, and we have men who, wanna, who have a desire uh, to, be, to be a pastor and are training for that, a, a pastor should be a Spirit-filled man. Should have the leading of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that fair? Isn't that what the Scripture teaches? But shouldn't a pastor... Preach to a spirit-filled congregation? How can we all be, as the book of Acts teaches, in one accord if we're following two different leadings? It is attainable. Uh, you'll find the longer that you serve God, the longer that you're saved, you'll find the more that you're in the Word of God. God puts no premium on talent. He requires us to be faithful with our talent. But that's not where he puts the emphasis. That's why anyone, I'm pointing that out because it is about yielding to the Spirit of God. It's about yielding to the will of God. Christian, let me remind you, let me remind myself, it is not about what I want, it's not about what you want, it's about the work of the Holy Spirit of God. It's a requirement we find here, but it's available. I'm going to move very quickly through the outline tonight, but I want you to focus tonight on, are you filled with the Spirit of God? Keep that in mind in the things that I mentioned that I know to be true. You can't be full of the Spirit if you're full of this world, full of yourself, full of sin. Mom and Dad, if you're going to rear those kids for the honor of of God, you have to have the help of the Holy Spirit. Too many Christians are trying to serve Him without the leading of the Spirit. Too many times we get up and we sing and we teach and we, we serve in areas without the filling of the Spirit of God. Let me mention some things this evening for us to think about. A man filled with the Holy, number one, a man filled with the Holy Ghost lives as before God and not men. He lives as before God and not men. Why is it that we're so quick to say, I don't care what anybody thinks, only to live according to how everybody thinks? How come, it's, how, how, how come it is with Christians that the, we make the statement, well, I just won't fit into that box, and it always applies to the house of God, the Word of God, but yet we'll run out in the world and we'll fit into that box. 
See, man, filled with the Holy Ghost, lives before God and not man. And this is something that you and I need to be reminded of. I, your pastor wants to, to please you. Your pastor wants to serve you. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm most concerned with God being pleased with me. At the end of a Sunday, after preaching at least twice on Sunday and, and preaching what I believe the Lord would have me to bring, when the day closes more than anything else, I want to know that I follow the leading of the Spirit of God. And as church members and Christians, we ought to want to please each other. And some of you, you work very hard to meet the needs of your pastor. And if I could say it like this, please your pastor, but that should not be your greatest concern. You should live before God before you live before man. If you live before God and not man, you'll be Christ-like. Simple question tonight, this, I'm giving us a lot to chew on and ponder this evening. We use the term Christ-like, like Christ. Study the scripture, read through the pages of the Bible and be reminded of how Christ lived. And then we say, well, I just want to, I want to be Christ-like. Uh, an, easy, an easy way for us to look at our own filling of the Holy Spirit is, are we Christ-like? Are we more like the world? Are we more like the natural man? Are we living more like Christ? See, you cannot be full of the Holy Ghost without being Christ-like. Seeking to live to honor our God leads to the filling of the Holy Spirit. A man filled the Holy Ghost lives before God, not man. What else does this mean? It means a holiness before God and righteousness before men. I, I believe that the Christian is supposed to live a holy life. I believe it's true of the pastor. I believe it's true of the Christian. And I believe that the only way to do that is, first of all, to be saved by the Spirit of God, submit yourself to the Word of God, and to be filled with the Spirit of God. But God knows how holy you are. I don't, but God knows. And if we are filled with the Spirit of God, that means when we're in the presence of God, when we're before Him every day that we live, there's a holiness before Him, but there's also a righteousness before one another. Our righteous acts, as I preached this morning, do not save us. But because we are saved, we should have righteous acts. And if I am filled with the Spirit of God, there should be an outflow of that. It should re there should be some changes in my action. There should be some changes in my speech. There should be changes in my life that others can see. Now, God knows my holiness. God knows the real me just as He knows the real you. But before men, if we are truly living unto God and not men, there will be righteous acts. We'll be delivered from the fear of man. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're not very concerned with what man thinks. That's why as we go out into this world and we go out this week, 
if we are truly living as unto God and the Spirit of God has filled us and we've given more of ourselves to Him so He can have control of our life and we are submitting to His leading, we're not as concerned about what the person two cubicles over that works from us thinks about the way I live. We're not concerned about how certain people in our, in our lives follow us and think about the way we live. We're not concerned about giving a persona to this world. We just want to please our God. And we're really not concerned about man. There's a lot. There's a lot. Let's just. Let's just. A lot of Christians. Let me just say it. A lot of Christians aren't serving God in a way they should serve God because they're afraid of what somebody else is going to say about them. They're afraid of what somebody's going to think. My friend, let me remind you: the only one that we're supposed to live to please is God Himself. A man that lives before God and not man pleads for souls in prayer. This is missing in our churches today. The pleading of souls. The concern for lost sinners to be saved. We ought to be pleading for those that we know that are unsaved, but pleading for souls to be saved in general. We're going to be seeking God's approval on our life. A man that is filled with the Holy Ghost lives before God, and man is seeking his approval on our life. Friend, make that your goal for God to be pleased with you. For God to be pleased with you. You know, you know people, you can't please, you can't please people, you know that. You can't please everybody. How many of you have ever said, oh, I just can't please everybody? We know that to be true. Some of you are looking shocked right now. You'll discover it on your own. You can't please everybody. If we can't please everybody and we can't, why don't we just live to please the only one that really matters? Let's live to please God. You teenagers, you young people, don't get caught in this trap of trying to, to fit in with this world and people to be pleased with you and be happy with you. They're not standing with you before your God one day. They're not going to give an account of your life. You're going to give an account of your life. You're going to stand before God one day. Live to please Him. We all say that one day we want to stand before God and hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's not just going to happen if we don't have days where we live to please Him. And if today was the day we stood before Him, would He say, well done? But a man filled with the Holy Ghost lives before God and not man. Number two, a man filled with the Holy Ghost is full of love. This world has no idea what love is. No idea. Hollywood doesn't portray love. There's no love in the things of this world. But sad to say, many, in the hearts of many Christians, there's no love. There's no compassion. There's no concern. You see, to be filled with the Spirit of God is to be concerned with the things that God is concerned about. 
if you'll remember at the beginning in the introduction, I said there's a few things I know to be true. One of them is you cannot be filled with the Spirit and be filled with yourself. And I believe a failure we have as Christians, generally speaking, generally speaking tonight, and it's, and it's an evidence that we don't or we're not filled with the Spirit of God as we should be, is a lack of love for one another. A lack of compassion for one another. The Bible instructs us to, yes, rejoice with those that rejoice. We ought to do that because we're generally happy for them. We generally rejoice with them, but it says to weep with those that weep also. No, if we are filled with the Spirit of God, we're concerned about spiritual things, then we're going to be full of love for the household of faith. I don't understand. I don't understand it tonight how one Christian can speak evil against another Christian. One Christian can tear down another Christian. You are evidencing that you do not have the filling of the Spirit of God. You cannot gossip about one, say, in the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we're people. We, we, all, we have the problems that people have, but how can one speak against another? How can one let envy be in their heart towards another child of God? The Holy Spirit has nothing to do with that. I could ask us tonight, when's the last time that we've gone to God on behalf of somebody else? Not just ourselves. The Spirit of God say, well, I, I've got to take care of No, you're filled with love. One cannot abide in the presence of God without there being an overflow of His love. An overflow of compassion. A man filled with the Holy Ghost is full of love for the household of faith, but also for the unsaved. Christian, when's the last time... You had a broken heart because of a lost world. What is God concerned about? He's concerned about the lost being saved. Why did Christ come? We, we, we spent the whole morning on it this morning. Christ died for us. He died for us in this room, but not just for us in this room. All men He died for. We know it's in the heart of God. We know the Son of God shed His own blood so that man could be saved. It is certainly in the mind and the business of the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that does the convicting. It's the Spirit of God that works in the soul of man to let them know that they need a Savior. It's still the Spirit of God that prepares the hearts of lost sinners. It's still the Spirit of God who calls men and women to the mission field. It's still the Spirit of God that goes before the child of God as a witness. Friend, no Christian has ever, never won somebody to Christ. We know what we mean by that. But it is the Spirit of God that does the work. And if we are filled with the Spirit... Does it not make sense that we'll be about the work of the Spirit? That we would make ourselves available for God's work to be accomplished? 
in the fact that we have no compassion for the lost and we have no concern for the saved is an evidence that we are not filled with the Holy Ghost of God. We're not filled with the Spirit of God. Because a man filled with the Spirit of God is full of love. I move to number three. A man filled with the Spirit of God is full of faith. We know how important faith is, don't we? We talk about it a lot as Christians. Matter of fact, if my memory serves me correctly, and I'm pretty certain it does, we spent an entire year in our Sunday school teaching on faith. We like to use the verses, and they're certainly true and powerful. If it's not of faith, it is sin. It is impossible without faith. Hold to your faith. Lean on your faith. Put your faith in action. How? Let's look at this logically tonight. How can we not be a person of faith if we are filled with the Spirit of God? Friend, in in the presence of an almighty God, you sense His power. You sense His magnificence. You sense His ability. We get nervous. God doesn't get nervous. We get anxious. God's never been anxious. We get afraid. God's never been afraid. He is the Almighty. That's why a life of filling, of filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we empty ourselves of empty us of self. We empty us of this world. We confess our sin. We turn from the sin that does so easily beset us and we make ourselves available to the things of God and we have that feeling of the Holy Spirit of God. It is going to increase our faith. It is going to fill us with faith and it is going to be evidence in the power in which we serve. You, you, they, they, uh, oh, I, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. That's why so many preachers have to have props today. Because they've got no power. Hey, what Can you imagine? The Apostle Paul might have gotten something done if he had had all the technology that we have today. He might could have accomplished something for the cause of Christ. Peter might could have had some converts if, we had, if, he had, if he had just dialogued with those people and not preached at them. Oh, no, it's the power of the Spirit of God. We need Christians who have power in their prayer, power in, in, in just the day-to-day of, of dealing with, with their own family, power in their, in their service for the Lord, a life full of the Holy Spirit, is a life full of faith, and there's power that is evidenced there. There's also progress. Progress. No matter how long you've been saved, if you submit yourself to the Spirit of God, there will be progress in your life. You don't have to be a finished product. Because, friend, none of us will be finished until we get to heaven. But there should be progress in your life. Progress. Christian, how are you progressing? I, I, I have a, it's a very simple thing. You, you've heard me say it. If you, if you can think of a time in your life when you've been a better Christian than you are right now, you're backslidden. 
If you were a better Christian yesterday than you are today, you're backslidden. Don't wait till you're completely out of the house of God. Don't wait till you're away from the things of God. We've got to be seeking, we've got to be progress in our life. And quite frankly, it's easy for me as your pastor, as I, as I pray and I prepare to see so many, so many, I have, I have more interactions than others, but you can see the regression and not the progression in your life. It's a lack of the leading of the Holy Spirit in your own life. I'm not scolding you tonight. I'm trying to help you. We must give ourselves to the leading of the Spirit of God. We must immerse ourselves in spiritual things. And when we do, there will be progression. There will also be perseverance. We went through the book of Acts, as I mentioned last year. I'm certain that you've done some study on the life of Paul. You know, Paul never quit. Paul never gave up. You do, you, you do know that, right? I would dare say the Apostle Paul was in more difficult situations than you and I have ever been in. But he persevered. Has your flesh, has your strength, has your ability ever failed? Certainly. Can I say it like this? Has your tank ever been so empty that you didn't think you could go on? But you persevered. The Spirit of God helps you persevere. It is in the mindset, it doesn't mean the burdens are not real, it doesn't mean the burdens are not heavy, it doesn't mean a heart does not break. But when a Christian says, I'm done, I'm through, I'm tired of it, the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with that. So how do some persevere through faith? It's the Holy Spirit of God. We must have the Spirit of God. So a man that is full of the Holy Ghost is full of faith. He's going to persevere. Well, how are you going to do it? I don't know, but I just know it's going to be done. How are we going to get through it? I don't know. Uh, for years, as we were moving from place to place, and, and sometimes I'd be asked, well, how's it going to happen? I don't know, but I just know God is going to do it. Faith is directly tied to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're low on faith tonight, you need to give more of yourself to the Spirit of God. And then finally, and I'm done, that a man full of the Holy Ghost is a man of prayer. You cannot... Cannot be full of the Spirit of God without a prayer life. You can't. And a prayer life is more than just bowing our head and thanking God for our food. We should acknowledge that everything we have is from God. But if you want to be led by the Spirit of God, if you want to have a spiritual life, if you want to be full of Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, you have to have a prayer life. So as we look at this subject tonight and the availability of the Spirit of God's leading in our life, it is there. It is available. But it is directly related to how much of ourself we surrender to Him. 
And that's why, let's just be honest tonight, you cannot make an honest argument. Well, I just feel like I'm going to do this and this and this, and God is in it if you have no prayer life. Well, I believe the Spirit of God. Yeah, the Spirit of God can lead you. But I'm sorry, I just don't have much confidence in my own decisions. If I didn't have a prayer closet, if I didn't have a relationship in prayer, we're so quick to make sometimes the easy decision, we think, or the path of least resistance without consulting the God of heavens without making that spiritual decision. And we like to justify, let's just be honest tonight, we're good at justifying in our own mind our own actions. We're good at bringing things in and say, well, well, this is, this. I'm going to justify where I can sleep tonight because of this. No, you must have a prayer life if you're going to be full of the Holy Ghost of God. So tonight, friend, my message, my challenge is for all of us to be able to answer the question, how full of the Holy Ghost are we? It's directly related to the things that I mentioned tonight. Do you want more compassion? Do you want more grace when dealing with Christians? How about more of a compassion for the lost world? What's directly related to how much the Holy Spirit has you? How about your faith? Is your faith low? Well, your faith, you'll have faith as the Spirit of God has you. Do you want more of the Holy Spirit? Do you want more of His feeling in your own life? Then you must be disciplined, discipline your flesh to have a time of prayer, to seek the will of God in prayer. You must live before God and not men. It's sad when churches and their, their leadership do not have spiritual leaders. A spiritual leader is more than a title you put on your own resume. Filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful, I believe, I serve with spirit-filled men. I believe we have a spiritual church. So let's break it down tonight to you. Are you full of the Holy Ghost? Say, well, Pastor, I have no desire to be a deacon. And, and I'm so glad there's three of you women have come to me and said that. I'm so glad of that. I have no desire to serve in that capacity. I have no desire to ever, ever serve in leadership of that. But shouldn't your children have a spirit filled father? Spirit-filled mother, shouldn't your spouse have a spirit-filled spouse? Shouldn't your parents have a spirit-filled son, spirit-filled daughter? Shouldn't the Emmanuel Baptist Church benefit? Could you imagine what could get done for the cause of Christ if Christians were focused on being filled with the Spirit instead of being filled with the things of this world? Tonight, let's do an inventory of our own life, our own heart, our own habits. We need the Spirit of God.
We must have the Spirit of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. Are you full of the Holy Ghost tonight? Let's, let's, let's seek the leadership of the Lord. Father, I pray that you...